Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Just win, baby. Commitment to excellence. The famed silver and black. The holy roller. Ghost to the post. The immaculate reception. Time never really stops for the great ones. Tales of greatness. Tales of legend. Tales that define our very existence as fans. Some tales are of epic proportion. Some tales are heartbreaking memories of missed opportunity. Raider Nation is full of these tales. Let's take a journey through the past and present and relive the Raiders' adventure in the NFL. Here's Swag Jeff and Murph coming to you live from the dungeons of Murph's Fan Cave. The indestructible Jim Otto, George Blanda, the greatest clutch player the game has ever known, Willie Brown, the magnificent cornerback, Gene Upshaw, Ted Hendricks, and of course, the magnificent Art Shell. And then you take Tom Flores, the star player who coaches the two Super Bowls. Let me take you back a few years to Frank Yule Field, to the Oakland Coliseum, to the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, relive the moments of the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. To those of us who saw you battle to the top, we will never forget you. You know, Raider football was always emotional. We loved to take those memorable trips throughout the league, and we were hated, we were feared, but we were respected. These are our moments. These are our stories. These are Tales from the Nation. (laughs) What is up, Raider Nation? Your buddy Murph back once again for another episode of tales from the nation and of course can't do this show alone so please welcome to tales from the nation my good friend and yours from the southern annex of the murph's fan cave desk the one and only swag jeff yo what's 
going on, man? Not much, man. Hey, so back again. So we've done now. This is the fourth installment of Tales from the Nation. Yes. And uh, it's uh, it's what we call evergreen content in the biz, Jeff. You don't have to listen to these in any particular order. No, you can no, to no. Whenever. Exactly. This just happens to be the fourth one that we're doing, though. And uh, we got another fun one today. It is. Yeah, it's a, it's a good one. It's a good one. It's a, uh, it's a very heartfelt hit you right in your feels, you know, <laughs> moment for a, for a Raider fan. Yeah. But uh but yeah, it's uh we're going to be talking about Al. We're going to be talking about Al today. Yeah. And now Al is a collective of moments, right? There yes. is all of the moments of Raider Nation are all connected to Al in some way or fashion. But why we've uh felt this one was significant was that this was the first moment after he passed. Yes, yeah, we're talking about the uh, talking about the divine interception. Uh, October eighth, two thousand eleven. We we lost Al. Uh, one day removed from that, we had a game. We had a game. It ended in an incredible fashion, and uh, I'm going to let Jeff tell you the details of that. But before we get to that, uh, I do want to kind of set up Al's legacy a little bit. Now, look, anybody listening to this show is fully aware of the legacy of Al Davis. Absolutely. Um, and so you don't need a couple of schmucks like us to tell you about the, the historical significance and obviously yes. his impact on Raider Nation. So let's go to uh, let's go to the Raiders themselves and listen to them uh, kind of give us a little bit of a, of, a, of a tribute to Al. This is a couple minutes of audio that's just – it basically – sums it up about the importance of him and what his legacy and his imprint was and still remains not only on the NFL but of course the Oakland Raiders. What's important to me is the legacy we leave, the greatness of the Raiders. I wanted to build the finest organization in professional sports. I uh, wanted to have the greatest players. I wanted to have the greatest coaches. I wanted to play in the greatest games. I wanted to have the greatest plays. Obviously, I wanted to win more than anyone else. Based on team achievement, personal achievement, and contributions to the game, no one has had a more profound and lasting impact on the game of professional football than Al Davis. Having been a scout, head coach, general manager, league commissioner, and owner, Al Davis possessed the ability to leverage his experiences like none other in the game's history. Deep to Casper! Casper makes it over the shoulder! Catch! The vertical game, a quick strike, take what we want offensive philosophy, and bump and run, an in-your-face pressure defense. Intercepted by the Oakland Raiders, running by left behind a legacy of innovation that changed the sport forever. Standing firm in his beliefs with the courage of his conviction, he broke down barriers to give others opportunities. Tom Flores, the first Latino head coach in NFL history. Art Shell, the first African-American head coach in the modern era. Mr. Davis's bond with his players was unbreakable. His loyalty and compassion towards the men who played for him was exceptional. A record nine players walked into football's immortality with Al Davis as their presenter. A place where his legacy will always be preserved. The enshrinement is a reflection of a life's work, a reflection of a love affair with the greatest game the world has ever known. 
But this honor is a testament to a great organization and to all the capable people who have poured their talent, enthusiasm, loyalty into the greatness of the Raiders and the Raiders' legend and mystique. His will to win is unsurpassed in the world of sports. His organization's commitment to excellence led to decades of dominance, including three Super Bowl victories, an AFL championship, four AFC championships, 14 championship game appearances, and 17 division championships. There will never be another Al Davis, and his legacy will live on forever. Just win, baby. Phew. Man. Uh, that gives me I dig too. it. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's so good, man. It, it's look, the guy is uh he's it. He's is if there's a such thing as football immortality, it's it's Al Davis. Yeah, he right? kind of stands alone at the top. Absolutely. And so uh a couple things there. And it all sets up to this play is that number one, one of Al's proudest achievements if you were to ask him or when when he was interviewed it was the fact that he presented nine players into the hall of fame like that was a huge thing yeah, for him yeah that he was the one that enshrined them and, and presented them yes as that was one of his biggest goals you know he he wanted the greatest players in the game absolutely and so that wanting to set them up to be successful and wanting them to be become the ultimate by getting into the hall of fame and and taking the most out of uh, getting the most out of their careers and their talent it created this bond. It created this connectivity and the connection that he up to literally up to the day he died, he had a connectivity to his players that's also unmatched in NFL history. Absolutely. Like, you don't see connections. You see players and, and coaches and players and owners connect, but not like this. No, not on this no, level. it was more than just a connection. It was, I mean, it was family. It was family. Exactly. And so, so kind of setting up the season a little bit. So in the 2011 season, the Raiders are coming off an eight and eight year. You know, we hadn't been good with any consistency since John Gruden had, had left. Right. Al was under a lot of scrutiny in terms of his draft picks, his terms of uh, basically his personnel moves, the contracts he was awarding. There was a lot of criticism floating Al's way. Right. And coming off an eight and eight year, and now looking at what the team is assembled like in in 2011, it's a pretty freaking talented football team. Yeah, and so, absolutely. You know, Jason Campbell is our quarterback. We got Michael Bush and and uh, and Darren McFadden are running backs with Marcel Reese playing fullback. Yep. Uh, Denarius Moore is in there as a punt returner and wide receiver as a, as a rookie. Hayward Bay, the famous, uh, you, you know, whatever. Whether people thought it was right or wrong, not taking Michael Crabtree, but. Hayward Bay was fast, right? And yep. J- Jacoby Ford, uh, David Osbury is our tight end out of uh, USC. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, Michael Huff, which will come in later. Uh-huh. Uh, Tyvon Branch. Uh, they draft Demarcus Van Dyke, a fast cornerback out of Miami. Go figure. On the front of the line, you, you know, you got Richard Seymour there. Right. John right, Henderson right, right, right. there came over from uh, the Jaguars. Uh, Lamar Houston, Tommy Kelly. Like, anyways, you got a, you a pretty talented yeah, football team. Pretty here. good. Pretty freaking good. So the Raiders start off the season uh, with a huge win on the road at Denver. Okay, so they start off the year. They, they beat Denver 23-20, lose on the road against the Bills, but then beat the Jets on September 25th, 2011. I was there. Nice. I was there with my cousin Sonny and our dads. Nice. And our buddy Harley and some other friends of the family, Jimmy, and, and some other folks there. But that was the last game 
that we attended with our dads. Uh huh. That was also the last home game Al Davis attended before he died. Oh yeah. 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 A lot of heartfelt moments there for us. Yes. Connect, connected to that game. Uh, it was it was incredible. Uh, but anyways, but so and then the Raiders. So then they lose to the Patriots, which everybody did back then and kind right. of still do nowadays. Right. Uh, so anyway, so we're two and two. Yeah. Okay. So the Raiders are two and two as of October 9th going in to this game in Houston. So things are setting up to like, okay, we're kind of on a roll again. Yeah. Uh, Hugh Jackson is our head coach, which and at the time he was coming off of being a fabulous offensive coordinator. Yes. We fired Tom Cable, brought in Hugh Jackson, and it was like we kind of had some momentum. Like yeah. there was a lot of hope and a lot of positivity going on around this football team during that time. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we're like you said, we're we were two and two. This next game was kind of a, you know, which way is the pendulum going to swing? You know, are we going to head in? Because I think after this game, we had a, it was a three-game homestand, yes. I think, afterwards. So, I mean, so you win this game and go home for three games with a three and two record, you know, that's, you know, that's pretty good. It's pretty you know? good. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, because we were eight and eight the year before. So, you know, so, hey, let's, we can get on a roll here and get something going. Absolutely. You know, but then, uh, of course, October 8th, uh, Al passes. The team, the nation, everybody, we have no time to like really mourn. process. Yeah, yeah. Mourn or process what's just happened because we got to get on the field and play. So the game starts and it's actually, it was a, uh, it was a pretty heartfelt moment of silence that the Texans organization gave Al. Got to give props to those guys. Class move. Yeah, class yeah, move. yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very class move. And we had to come out and try to just win, baby. You know, <laughs> you know. So, uh, so the game starts. I mean, we. I think we go three and out the first drive, and the Texans come down and score. Pretty much a majority of the game. I mean, it was a Texan beatdown. You know, they were they were kind of whipping up on us pretty good. I think they doubled our yardage that we had for the whole game. They had ten more first downs. They had uh, half the penalties that we committed, and ten more minutes of possession time. So I mean, it was it was wow. it was all Texans, especially for the first half. Once you get into the fourth quarter, uh, we hit. I think we did like a ten point. We scored ten uh, yeah, points yeah, in the fourth quarter. I yes, remember that. Yeah, yeah, and we took the lead. Yeah, and so because uh, our so, defense was balling, we held them to like three oh, points or something too. Yeah, right? well, like, back yeah. in those, I mean, Matt Schaub was the quarterback, you know, over in Houston. I mean, and they were I mean, Andre they were, Johnson and yeah, all that. Like were, they were good. They man. were studs. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they were they. You know, yeah. So I mean, we held them to twenty points going into this last drive, and then uh, there they come driving down the field, and that oh. Was, yeah, and that was what was scary is that they came driving down the field, yes. and uh, with well, you tell them. Yeah, it was yeah, it was a minute and fifty left to go. They get the ball back, basically two minute drill. Get the ball down there. They need a touchdown to win. There was no tying. We were up twenty five. We were up twenty five to twenty. So basically, they drive the ball down, use their timeouts, get down there, and they clock the ball uh, with six seconds left to go deep in our end, or deep in the in the red zone. It's like on the five-yard line or something, Oh, right? yeah. It was like way down there. I don't yes. remember exactly where yes. it was from. Yes. I guess you should know that doing a show like this. We should know exactly where it was. Yeah, we probably uh, should have looked that up. I probably should have looked that right. up. I think it was the five-yard line. But anyway, so, so Shab rolls out. There was single coverage on, I forget what the, the tight end's name, probably another thing we should have looked up. There's single coverage by Mike Mitchell on the tight end. It doesn't matter who was there. <laughs> it doesn't tight. matter who was there. <laughs> it actually really was, because who wasn't there was Jerome Boyd. Well, yeah. Mitchell was supposed to double team is it Joel Dreesen, I want to say, was yeah. their tight end? Yeah. Uh, they were supposed to double-team Joel Dreesen, and, and Mitchell looks over and goes, uh-oh, he's singled up. Boyd's not on the field. 
the two linemen, Seymour and Tommy Kelly, ran off the field, mm -hmm. and Boyd was afraid that he was going to be the extra man on, so he ran off too. Okay. But, no, but, uh, but he wasn't supposed to. Yeah. So there was 10 guys on defense yes. for this last play. Yeah, we were shorthanded. We were shorthanded, and, uh, and like you said, Schaub rolled out. Looked for a pass, and he had it. I think I can't remember who rushed up and, and Branch. Put, it was Tyvon Br Branch. Branch came up, and he came in flying and was about to lay a smack on him because Br really, because I think Schaub wanted to run it into the end zone. Exactly. And Branch and, was like, he's going to earn it if he's he, he's not going to run it in here on exactly. us. Exactly. He's going to have to deal with me first. And exactly. Br and Branch was a stud back then. Branch would have destroyed Matt Schaub. Oh like, my gosh! Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So so he so he was forced to pass, and uh, and our boy Huff came in. Famously. Yes. Famously. Out yeah, of yeah, nowhere, yeah. number 24. Yeah, all-star Michael Huff all comes in. I'm telling you. <laughs> you know, Michael Huff, man, you know, he he was one of those guys. Again, I, I feel like I feel like if the if the coaching would have been more consistent throughout his career, he would have been one of those guys that would have rep number 24 at a much higher level yes. than what we're used to. You know, I mean, I feel almost I feel I feel like for for a lot of these players. Yeah. A lot of these Raider players from this era, there was a lot of talent on this football. Heck, Marcel Reese, one of my all-time favorites. Yes. I think should have been way more than what he was. But anyway, yeah. but but yeah, Mike well, jumps with in all there. The, yeah, with all the coaching turnovers and stuff they had, this group of Raiders, they had a hard time because they were, you know, bringing in new coaching staff every year or two and, you know, it was hard to, you know, was, get set up. It was volatile. And that's yeah. the stuff about Al that was like I think the fairness of any of the criticism is just the volatility of the franchise sure. back then. Sure. But yeah, so but here comes Huffy though, man. And picks that thing off. Yes. And uh, man, it was just, you know, it was it's it's big enough when that the Raiders won that they just won, baby. When Al was gone, yeah. but the fact that there was ten guys on the field, and of course the immediate uh, response. Oh, is, Al was the eleventh guy. I was eleven. Yeah. Right. Al was uh -huh. eleven. So let's let's listen to it. Um, I got a little bit of a mashup. This is Greg Papa with the call and a little just a couple little quick hits from some of the coaches. Never lose the game. It's all right here. Matt Schaub out of the gun. First and goal. Back. Final play. Time. He can run for it. He pops now. He throws. It's intercepted by Michael Huff. The Oakland Raiders have won the game. Hey, just win, baby. Just win, baby. I know he loves you guys. Just like he loves his coaching staff and his organization. I tell you this. Al Davis had his hands on that ball, man. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Al Davis had his hands on that ball. Al Davis had his hands on that ball, man. Yeah, he did. Oh, man. Hey, so, you know, so speaking of that, let me just go ahead and just jump right into it. I've got Hugh Jackson's post-game press conference in the locker room. Okay. It's pretty emotional, man. It's, it's just good stuff. You know, I was a Hugh Jackson fan, man. I liked Hugh. I think he... He didn't crap the bed until after the season was over, and I'll get, that to, get to that in a minute. But in, during this time, he was a fantastic coach. Yeah, absolutely. He was, he was a, a, a really... a. a a pretty amazing mind in terms of offensive football. You know, any of the success that Marcel Reese and those guys had, it was because of Hugh. I mean, sure. he was the one that was was being versatile. And, you know, the criticism came from his personnel choices and trading for Carson Palmer. And, again, I'll get to yeah. that in a minute. But, yeah. but in this moment, he was perfect. He did wonderful. And so let's listen to him talking to the Raiders after the game. Listen up. Listen up. It's been a hard 24 hours, and I've let on to you guys. Losing that man... Hurt me more than you know. But you know what? Just like I told you, I know he loves you guys. Just like he loves his coaching staff and his organization. And that man, that was a hell of a job by you, Michael Huff. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, oh, 
But I tell you, I tell you this, I tell you this, Al Davis had his hands on that ball, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Al had his hand on that ball. Listen, team, listen to me. Please, listen to me. You got to trust me. You got to just keep playing. And that's what we did. We just kept playing. It didn't go right. And there's so many things to fix. It didn't go right. But you know what you men did? You kept fighting because you know what? That's what that man will want you to do. That's what Raiders do. That's what Raiders do. It ain't going to always be pretty. I never told you it would be, wouldn't be hard, and I never told you it'd be pretty. But you know what? There's nothing like winning. Nothing like winning. You guys deserve it, man. You busted your ass. You have Victory Monday. Okay? Because you guys have earned it. You guys have earned it. But listen to me when I tell you this. We got to come. Listen. Listen. We got to come back with more resolve and more effort than what we had in this game. Everybody got me? But we kept playing. Kept playing. That's what we're really all about, man. That's what Raiders do. We got some work to do, but you know what? Everybody else does too. Last time I checked, we're three and two, and we're heading home, and we got three at home. We got three at home. The next one's going to be Cleveland, okay? And we got to get ready, man. Let's get better, and let's get ready. Here we go. Let's get thanks. Great win, fellas. Great win, baby. Again, guys, just a moment of silence. Just a moment of silence. Al, we love you. We know that you're watching over this team. We love you. And we're going to keep playing. We're going to keep playing like Raiders for you. We're going to keep honoring this man all year for what he's done for us because he's touched each and every last one of us. Let's bow. That was sweet, man. He did good, didn't he? Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. I thought he handled that brilliantly. And the emotion, obviously you can hear it in him. Yeah. But you hear it all around the room. These are, as the kids say, grown-ass men. Yes. These are big, tough football players. These are the toughest men in the world yes and they're blubbering yeah like if that doesn't tell you what kind of connection yeah to circle David back yeah circle back what we said i mean it's it's a freaking family man raider i mean this is more than just a game this is more than just a team this is a freaking family it's a freaking you know? family this is an 82 year old man yes you know what i mean it was like that they had this connectivity to and you know and that was one of the things that people would criticize out about always oh, disconnected and he's lost touch you went well, he sure as heck didn't lose it with the players. No, he didn't. He yeah. didn't lose touch with them. Yeah. Uh-uh. You know, every time Marcel Reese entered a game after that, always had his, his jersey up with his Al shirt on underneath. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And even still, I mean, you'll still see yep. him every once in a while wearing that Al stuff. Yeah. Yeah, well, just, yeah, and they still, I mean, they always have the sticker well, on the back on of the, the helmets, helmet. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. But, you know, so, yeah. They but, I mean, but that was his choice, though, to, like, for his, what he was just, for he was going to wear. Right, you right. You know what I mean? To wear it under his pads, like to right. wear an Al shirt. Like, it just... Anyways, you can't you can't replicate that, and it was it was awesome, and uh, it was such a great moment, man, yes. such a fun moment, and yes. I thought they had the right people, not only the right players, but the right coaches at the time, and it was just it was it was it was a good moment, man. It was yeah it was, yeah it was pretty it was special fun. yeah it was fun yeah. yeah. Now the downside to this, and I'll end this on a little bit of a down note. I uh -huh. hate to, but we got a few minutes left here. So after this, it all kind of goes to pot because yeah. I don't curse on this show, so yeah. I'm not gonna say what it yeah. really went to. But uh, so in week six, the next week in uh -huh. Cleveland, Jason uh, Campbell breaks his collarbone uh -huh. and is out for the for, out for the season. Uh -huh. uh, Hugh Jackson trades for Carson Palmer, gives away oh, all can of I, the draft. Can picks. I just stop you right there? Yeah, you know I don't know if I've really expressed it on this show. I'm a new Raider fan, but I've been a football fan my entire life, and for personal reasons, I hate Carson Palmer <laughs> more than any player in NFL history. <laughs> 
and and yeah, and and it's a personal hate. It's not. I'm, he was a fine quarterback when he started his career. You know, he decided to be the the pick six king. You know, when he came oh to the Raiders. Gosh, yeah, but did. but yeah, and well, and I actually I read an article too that in the last like twenty years, that trade for Carson Palmer is the NFL's greatest bust. I can't remember what website I saw that on, but it was like he was voted the number one biggest bust. Like terrible decision you know and well i mean and he proved it but oh it was uh, awful but yeah but no yeah no i hate that guy you hate that guy yeah i hate him so much <laughs> yeah yeah okay go ahead sorry about that it's okay <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so it was it was pretty bad so like they kind of cobbled together rest and this is the thing that was such a so devastating about this particular season too was that everybody else finished with the same record we did and won the, the division on tiebreakers nice like, if the raiders would have won one more game. We lost uh-huh. four of our last five. Uh-huh. If they'd have won one game, yep. we'd have won the division and been in the playoffs. Yep. But we couldn't get our crap together to win oh one my game. Gosh. And so, anyway, so I'll never forget at the end of the year, huge. And one of these days, I'll pull that audio up. We'll play on a Raiders fan radio or something. At the end of the year, Hugh Jackson on his in his uh, postseason press conference, or uh-huh. getting ready to go into the off, whatever you call it, their closing press conference. Sure basically pounds the table and says, I'm going to have more hand in this team than ever before. I'm going to have more control over the players. I'm going to take control of this. I'm going to take control of that. Like declaring himself king of the Raiders Uh because Al Davis died. But guess what? Guess who he forgot to ask first? Mark Davis, the guy that actually owns Owns the the team. Yeah. I remember watching that press conference going, this is a dead man walking. What is he doing? Yeah. He got so full of himself uh-huh. so fast, and it completely erased all the wonderful things that he did prior yeah. in that one moment. And look at what's happened to him since. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Where is he now? He evaporated. Uh-huh. You saw him on Hard Knocks last oh, year. Oh, my gosh. He's, yeah, a dummy. He was the worst. Yeah, he's a dummy. He was the worst. And uh-huh. and I and I, I feel bad for the guy, and I don't want to use this as a platform to crap talk Hugh Jackson yeah, to, no, to celebrate no. Al, but I just do want to highlight the fact that this is what happens when you buy into yourself. Yes. Stay humble, friends. Yep. Don't buy into yourself. Yep. If he'd have stayed in his role. Yes. Who knows where this team could have gone? Because oh, they yeah. had talent. He was a great coach. Yes. They were riding some serious momentum. Like, yep. you know, yeah, he did the trade and all that, but I just think there could have been a lot there. Anyway, so I'll get off that soapbox. But it, this, this was a very significant moment in Raider history. It was such a, a nice way to kind of tip a cap to Al. Yes, you know, absolutely. You know, yeah. So, all right, you got anything else on it? I mean, I could, I could, I could make a whole show about bashing Carson Palmer. <laughs> you got me, you got me like fired up now. I, got, I like my, my face is red and everything. Like, so, so maybe we'll do the next significant moment, or we'll. Do it ain't significant. No, when when he's gone. <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah. Well, so yeah. Well, when he got so sent in this, to Arizona in the same article when they were talking about Palmer, yeah, he got benched, you know, because they brought in Andy Dalton, right? Oh, oh, the, oh I'm talking mean, about the, I'm talking about the Bengals, Cincinnati, yeah. Yes, and then he pouted, Cincinnati. yeah, and he pouted, and he sat on, and so he sat on the bench, and he and he didn't want to play, didn't want to suit up. He retired, and he yeah, he retired, and so the Raiders traded to get a retired guy. We traded all the draft picks too. All the draft picks. Yeah. Oh, <sighs> I know. I know. All yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Let's stop talking about this. Yeah. Because it's turning into the wrong moment. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. We love you, Al. And we hate you, Carson Palmer. And thank you, Michael Huff. Thank you, Michael Huff. We love you. There you go. We'll see you next time on Tales from the Nation. Go Raiders. Woohoo. Hi. It's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the. 
Hey Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com.